After meeting with the Wildcats on Zoom yesterday, the Hunter Dickinson to Kentucky hype is now more real than ever. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, I'm going to be taking another dive into the Hunter Dickinson saga as he is entered the transfer portal, exiting from Michigan, looking for a new home. The Kentucky Wildcats, at the very beginning of his uh, his transfer portal announcement, uh, became contenders, and the longer he has stayed in the portal, the more possibility I think it has become. Uh, there's more of a possibility, rather, I should say, that he will join the Wildcats. Going to talk about the latest updates with his recruitment, so to speak. Also, going to discuss the way-too-early Top 25 released by 24-7 Sports. I'm not going to spoil it if you've not already seen it, but I think you will be very surprised as to where 24-7 has the Kentucky Wildcats heading into 2024. And then finally... Something I'm probably going to talk about at some point in the near future again. I want to kind of preview my thoughts on this today. Seth Greenberg expects, I guess, Oscar Sheebway to return to Kentucky. I'm going to give some thoughts on that later on in the show as well. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. Let's go ahead and get into it. Hunter Dickinson met with the Kentucky Wildcats on Zoom yesterday. It was reported by multiple sources. I'm not quite sure who had the first report. If I'm not mistaken, it it was Jeff Goodman uh, of Stadium. I may be off on that, but I believe he was the first one to report it. Uh, you look around right now, Dickinson being offered, I think, by a multitude of schools, uh, a lot of schools in pursuit. We talked recently about the five teams that I think four or five teams could be legitimately in the running uh, for his services, the Wildcats being one of them. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, this has been now a, what, week or so since he decided to enter the portal, maybe a little bit less than that. Right now, we're looking at a situation with Uganda and Yenzo in the transfer portal where Kentucky could legitimately snatch this kid up. Now, we're going to talk later on the show my, uh, about my thoughts on Oscar Shibway, but as of right now, with Onyenzo gone, which is something I initially didn't think was going to happen, you now find yourself in a situation at Kentucky where you do have to get a guy like Dickinson or you do have to have a player like Shibway return. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm not as fired up about Shibway returning as I would be picking up a Kello Ware or maybe getting a Hunter Dickinson. Some of you may disagree with that. Some of you may agree with that. I think that it may be time for, especially with this roster next season, for Shibway to, to move on. Uh, That's just my opinion. We'll dive into that later. Comparatively to a guy like Hunter Dickinson, who I think maybe fit the mold of next year's team just a little bit better. Now, he's not the perfect fit, but I think he fits it better. 
you're looking at a guy like him in the portal right now, and with Onyenzo gone, I think this Wildcat staff is probably uh, focusing not every bit of their attention on Hunter Dickinson right now, but I think they're focusing a good portion of it. I'm not quite sure what is uh, currently valuable to, uh, to Hunter Dickinson, what he wants to get out of his next stop in the transfer portal, but if it's the ability to contend for a title... I know some Kentucky fans may disagree with this. I think a lot of people could realistically uh, argue with this, and I think that's fair. But looking at next year's roster makeup, you bring in a guy like Dickinson to be a veteran presence. You bring in maybe one or two more pieces. You have Antonio Reeves maybe come back. And I think that you've got a really nice blend there uh, of talent and experience on your roster. And I think Dickinson would be, be in a great spot. Um, to help the Wildcats make a deep NCAA tournament run. If he's looking for a team to maybe help him uh, develop just a little bit more or maybe get him ready for the NBA, I'm sure that there are multiple staffs out there that would be just as valuable uh, as Kentucky when it comes to that, but I don't think it's it's hard to say that Kentucky's one of the stronger staffs when it comes to getting players through to the NBA um, maybe a little bit of a different case here considering Dickinson's already been in the college game for three seasons now. Um, but you're looking at a situation where all signs point to Kentucky having reason to pursue him and Dickinson having reason to want to take a look uh, with the Wildcats at the very least. And obviously, like we just said, uh, he's already had a Zoom meeting with him. Now, I want to point out that Kentucky's not the only team that this kid is going to meet with. Arkansas also scheduled a meeting with Hunter Dickinson. And then the few teams that we talked about on the other on uh, on an episode as of late. Maryland is a team that could be looking at him. Georgetown, Syracuse, Duke, Kansas, those are all other teams that could be potentially looking at Hunter Dickinson or and maybe not realistically having a shot of landing him compared to maybe Kentucky, but I do think that they are certainly in the running right now. I think Syracuse and Kansas are two really, really interesting spots for him to land, potentially. And then uh, Maryland, if I'm not mistaken, and Georgetown, they have some type of like coaching relationship with, uh, with Dickinson. So there's a lot, I think, that needs to happen over the next couple weeks before he makes his final decision. And then Arkansas coming into the fold. I mean, we've seen Arkansas take all sorts of transfer portal talent and make it a, a prominent feature on what has been, what, three straight Sweet 16 trips at the very minimum uh, for the for the Razorbacks. I believe they had two back-to-back Elite Eight appearances in the NCAA tournament. So if he's looking to maybe be that guy uh, for, for the Razorbacks next year, I think he could make that work. I don't know what the status of Makai Mitchell or whatever Mitchell brother is the center there currently uh, for, 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 the, uh, for the Razorbacks. But... Yeah, you're looking at a spot right now where Kentucky, I think, feels comfortable or confident in their ability to land this kid. They've already had a meeting with him. I'm curious to see what the updates are that come out of that. But right now, I think as Kentucky fans, you have to feel excited about where that's going. If you want to give your thoughts on where you think Hunter Dickinson's going to land, if you think that potentially he would be a good fit or a bad fit for Kentucky, I want you to uh, drop it in the comments below uh, or if you're listening on YouTube and if you're watching on podcast. Well, if you're listening on podcast, you can hit us at LockedOnUK on Twitter to share your thoughts about Hunter Dickinson. If you've got any questions on him as well, uh, you can make sure to hit me there as well. All right, 
Want to talk about where 24-7 Sports has Kentucky heading into the 2024 season? It's uh, it's an interesting spot uh, where, uh, where 24-7 has the Wildcats. I was shocked uh, to see this. Uh, before we get into that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. They've also got player props. They've got points, rebounds, assists, all that good stuff. So many more exclusive bets on top of that. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. You can make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, continuing along here on the Thursday edition of Locked on Kentucky, Lance Daw hanging out here with you. If you've not subscribed already to the YouTube channel, if you're watching there, would greatly appreciate if you did so. For those of you that have subscribed as of late, thank you for uh, hopping on the train. I really appreciate you guys uh, joining us here. Off-season content's going to be a lot of fun. Talking about the transfer portal, what Kentucky needs, what they uh, will get, I think is going to be very exciting. Going to be talking about recruiting as well. Some recruiting news actually coming out as I started to record this episode about Kentucky maybe making some top fives for different people. Uh, I believe Jet Diallo, uh, or or I cannot remember his name right now. I'm so sorry. Um, but Kentucky, uh, I believe, is going to be attending one of his games tonight. Although uh, Diallo said that he wasn't, like, Kentucky wasn't in his top teams, but, like, they are taking a, taking a look at him right now. So uh, really eager to see what some of the things Kentucky does on the recruiting trail for next year. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to keep tabs on. As of right now, though, Kentucky, I think most of you would agree is a top 25 team heading into next year. If you disagree with that, I want you to tell me, go ahead and tell me right now, not just that you disagree with it, I want to hear why. I want you to tell me why. So again, I'm going to call out one more time. If you are listening on YouTube, drop a drop a comment. Tell me why you think Kentucky's not a top 25 team. If you are listening on podcast, at Locked on UK on Twitter, I want you to at me or I want you to DM me. I want you to explain your thought process as to why you think Kentucky's not a top 25 team. Because I do. I think when you look at their roster next season, if they add a couple more pieces to the transfer portal, I think they're easily a top 15 team. I think you could make an argument that they could be top 10, depending on how things go. You've got Rob Dillingham at your point guard. you got DJ Wagner at your shooting guard. Justin Edwards at small forward. Either Chris Livingston or Antonio Reeves potentially coming back to play small forward as well. You've got Aaron Bradshaw. Damian Collins might enter the transfer portal. Onyenzo's gone, so you're looking for a center. You're looking for a backup small forward. You're maybe looking for somebody to be your backup power forward as well. If you are able to help fill out the front court and maybe that three spot, I think Kentucky is is definitely a top 15 team. I think that they're able to contend in the SEC next year. I think they'll be one of the favorites to win it, if not the favorite. It's just a lot of talent, a lot of offensive prowess that's coming uh, to the Bluegrass State next year. So I think Kentucky's in, in the mix. 24-7 sports. I want to run through their top 25 here real quick. At number one, 
for next season. And keep in mind, these are way too early top 25 projections. So they acknowledge that. They're probably going to be a little bit different by the time basketball season rolls around. You've got Duke at number one. Marquette at number two. You've got the reigning national champion, UConn, at number three. Creighton at number four. Uh, I can only assume that projection will change because uh, their point guard, Ryan Nimhard just entered the transfer portal. You've got Houston at number five. Purdue at six. Texas at seven. Miami at eight. Arkansas at nine. And then Florida Atlantic after their final four run at number 10. They're going to be bringing in, or returning rather, uh, a lot of players uh, from that team. I can only assume that's why they get that ranking. UCLA, Michigan State, Kansas, Gonzaga, and Alabama round out the top 15. Then you've got Arizona, Baylor, Tennessee, TCU, and St. Mary's as, uh, as, the, uh, as the 16 through 20 teams. Then to round out the top 25 at number 21, you've got Missouri. Number 22, you've got Texas A&M. 23 is North Carolina. 24 is Maryland. And 25 is Colorado, who apparently brings back a lot of experience and then brings in TCU transfer Eddie Lampkin. And just to reiterate here real quick, this is the 24-7 sports way too early top 25. Now, there are a couple of others out there. But what do you notice? Kentucky's not in their top 25. They're just straight up not in it. Now, they have a list of 15 more teams to watch. Auburn, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa State, Kansas State, Kentucky, Ohio State, Oregon, Providence, Rutgers, San Diego State, USC, Utah State, Villanova, Xavier. Yada, 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 yada. I think Xavier probably has a better argument for the top 25 than half of these teams. But this is what 24-7 Sports says about Kentucky. The Wildcats should get Antonio Reeves and C.J. Frederick back, but lose a key number of pieces. The good news is Kentucky brings in 24-7 Sports' top-ranked recruiting class, but Kentucky will need to land some haymakers in the portal for more proven players. A couple of things here. First of all, it doesn't look like it's a surefire bet that Antonio Reeves is coming back as he has declared for the draft with while maintaining his eligibility. C.J. Frederick, I don't really know how much of a... I don't really know how much he matters if he comes back next year. I don't know what he can do for this team that the rest of the backcourt can't. You're, you're going to have Rob Dillingham and Adu Thiero. You're going to have D.J. Wagner and Reed Shepard. All four of those guys can handle the ball. All four of those guys can score. What what else do you want out of your backcourt? You don't need a C.J. Frederick. You don't. Reed Shepard's your shooter. And on top of that, I think he's a more athletic player. And if you want to say, well, maybe he slides down to small forward, I would much rather have a player out of the transfer portal that doesn't doesn't shoot as poorly. I mean, that's just, that's just the way I'm looking at it right now. I would love for C.J. Frederick to return and prove me wrong and go back to being that 40% three-point shooter that he was advertised as before he played at Kentucky. But he's been injury-prone. He's not done anything for the Wildcats. I don't understand why that's being advertised here by 24-7. It almost feels like whoever did this list didn't really do their due diligence in breaking down some of these different rosters. Now, I understand that it's very difficult to keep up with everything. But as one of the biggest uh, sports websites out there, I'm surprised that 24-7 didn't put more effort into, I think, paying attention to some of these some of these different rosters. I think there are a few teams here uh, and on the fringe of the top 25 that should either be higher or just be out of it completely. 
I think Kentucky is a team that is severely uh, underranked in their way way too early top 25 as like the one, two, three, four, fifth, sixth team on the 15 more to watch. So that's essentially putting them at number 31. I, I think that's ridiculous. And then putting a team like Xavier at the very bottom, I think Villanova it will always be in the conversation for the top 25. San Diego State uh, is bringing back uh, quite a few pieces. They just made the national championship game. For them to just completely not be in the top 25 is very surprising. I, I feel like they could have done a bit of a better job with this, is what I'm trying to say here. Kentucky not being in the top 25 is like, I bet some people out there that are not Kentucky fans that would hear that would be like, oh, they're so stuck up and they're so, they're so you know, spoiled and privileged in the way that they, they think about things. If I was bringing in the top, the number one class in the nation, I would assume that that would at least garner a number 25 ranking. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you've got four or five stars and a four high five or a four star coming in, and they are expected to play and contribute and play very well, given their ranking, you add a couple of pieces through the portal. I think this ranking will go up for 24-7. If that happens, if Kentucky lands Hunter Dickinson. But as it stands, I'm a little confused. Now, th- this was three days ago. So this was before Uganda and Yenzel left uh, and entered the transfer portal. This is before Kentucky met with Hunter Dickinson. But this is a little confusing. It's a little confusing. You can check that out over at 24-7. Just literally search up college basketball way too early top 25. And you'll find it. And you can look through yourself. See where where uh, where everybody's at in case you didn't hear it while I was reading through there. There's one more thing I want to get to before we wrap up the show. Before I do that, just want to remind you guys, if you've not subscribed already, I'm going to continue to ask. Uh, so hopefully you guys don't get annoyed by this. Please go ahead, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're watching, by the way, if you've been consistently watching and you have not subscribed to the show, there's no reason why you shouldn't have. Join the club. Hop on the bandwagon. If you want to ask me some questions, leave them in the YouTube comments below. If you want to talk to me on Twitter, you can hit me there as well. Probably going to have some some posts to go out on Twitter and on YouTube. Just kind of get your thoughts on some things as we get deeper into April here. So yeah, make sure you stick around. Subscribe and follow wherever you are listening. Podcast, YouTube, doesn't matter. All right, wrapping up the Thursday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Seth Greenberg of ESPN, I think, does a good job. I, I think he, I think he's one of the better analysts out there. I appreciate he, he does. I don't, he doesn't annoy me. He doesn't frustrate frustrate me. I don't dislike him. But what I'm about to say here, I hope, doesn't end up being too critical. So Seth Greenberg, again of ESPN, was on the Dan Patrick Show uh, just a few days ago. And on the show, he was talking about what Coach Cal and Kentucky should be doing for the roster makeup next year. And they were having a conversation about one-and-done players not being the key to winning national titles. All fair conversation. And this is what Greenberg said at one point in the interview. And this is a direct quote. That's why he's got to compliment it in the transfer portal. He's got to get Oscar Shibway to come back, first and foremost, which I think he will end up coming back. So, notice there that this is not a conversation that you you and I are having about Greenberg saying 
he needs to have Shibway come back. He then I he first identified the fact that Shibway needs to come back for this roster, and then also pointed out. Also, I think that's going to happen. He went on to say, if Shibway returns, he's got to do more. Calipari has to do more to get some players through the portal. He's got to compliment DJ Wagner in that recruiting class, Greenberg said. He's got to compliment them with juniors and seniors that will be great role players. Juniors and seniors in the portal that basically coach their locker room. You're only as good as your locker room. Whatever we do, you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with. I think that both of those things are phenomenal points. Something that we've continued to talk about here. How much does Kentucky need Oscar Shibway to come back as opposed to another big man who is better defensively that was statistically scoring 15 to 16 a game just as much as as Shibway was last year? Now, I know that there are a lot of people out there that love Shibway. I do too. I think that he is the best rebounder maybe in the game of college basketball, period. Full stop. One of the best, if not the best, especially in the modern era. He's, he, he was dominant last year. Very dominant. But it's very clear what some of his shortcomings were as a player. As a person, I think he's, he's top-notch. As, as a player, though, I think it's very clear that his defense, his communication on that end of the floor... And I don't want to say his IQ, but it felt like way too many times last year, Sheway just couldn't defend the pick and roll. He'd either get caught out of position or he couldn't finish the job whenever an opposing player was taking a shot against him. Now, I want to point something out here as well as we continue along through the Sheway conversation. Not every single person is going to be Anthony Davis. Not every single person is going to be able to block half the shots that go up, and if they don't block it, they're contending it, uh, con- contending the, 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 the shot, and it ends up being a miss. Not everybody's going to be Rudy Gobert, right? But this is something that a lot of people were talking. This, wasn't just a, this was not just a me thing. This was not just a you thing. This was a, something that we had identified as a fan base and then in the media sphere had identified and were being critical of. It's not like it's something that can just be excused. It's not like it's something that can just be consistently offset by, oh, well, he's a great rebounder, though. He is a great rebounder. He won that game in the NCAA tournament against Providence. He won that game. He played very well, very well against Kansas State, if my memory serves serves me right. Kentucky needs better interior defense. Do they get that with Hunter Dickinson? Again, we talked about Sean Venzel putting out that newsletter, breaking that down. Not the best pick and roll defender either, but he's seven foot one. And I think that if you're comparing him to Shibwe and what he would do for this roster next year, they both would provide, provide a veteran presence, I think. I think both of them would do something individually very well. I think Dickinson would be a good scorer. I think that Shibwe would be a solid rebounder, an elite rebounder, that is. But I think Dickinson would be better served as the interior defender, considering he has, what, three inches of height on him? And, and if not Dickinson, go get somebody like Kella Ware from Oregon, somebody that can defend the rim. And on top of that is seven feet tall. Kentucky's got options. 
I'm just, I'm pointing that I'm just this is just my opinion. I'm pointing this out. Kentucky's got options. And I disagree with Seth Greenberg in saying that he Oscar Shebae will end up coming back to Kentucky. And on top of this, I don't know if Kentucky needs Oscar Shebae to come back. Would it be a benefit to next year's team? Absolutely. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the former National Player of the Year coming back for yet another season is a bad thing. I'm just sitting here saying, compared to a couple of other options in the transfer portal, given what we saw last year, I think that there may be some better fits for next year's roster. I also think that regardless of whether or not Sheepway comes back, Kentucky has to go find somebody with some height and some defense that can control the paint whenever Shibway's not out there. Onyenzo was supposed to be that guy at times last year. We did not get to see him as much as we thought, and so he left, understandably so. So if Shibway comes back, if he doesn't, it doesn't really matter what my thoughts are, what Greenberg's thoughts are. I think that all of us would agree Kentucky needs better rim defenders. And the more likely scenario, instead of him returning, is Kentucky going to get a player in the portal that does that. Or going to get Dickinson. Or maybe getting two players in the front court. Who knows? I think Greenberg does make a phenomenal point, saying you need juniors and seniors that are role players, that can coach your locker room. You're only as good as the people you surround yourself with. That is a great thought. Not just for basketball, but for life as well. I don't think think Shibuya's coming back. And I don't think Kentucky needs to have him come back. That's my thought on that. If you disagree, if you think that that is awful, if you agree, if you think that's great, again, I want to ask you guys, leave your thoughts in the YouTube comments below. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Once again, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter as well at LanceDahl underscore. You can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, once again, leave them in the YouTube comments. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless.